0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network. And it's Friday, it's the Friday before Christmas, and we still had to give you guys some presents. We got to get locked in on this show, but what gifts are we going to give the fans today? I'm Ron Johnson, we got Sam Ekstrom, we got Julia Daniels and Reggie Wilson from Care 11. So Sam, kick us off.
1: Um, and did you want to do FanDuel, the FanDuel oh. mention after this, after the uh, topics or? Yeah. Okay. All right. Three, two. Yeah. Huge Christmas Eve tilt between the Vikings and Lions. Is it a must win for Minnesota?
2: And the Wolves got back on track after 86 combined points from Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. We'll talk about that.
3: And the gophers to the quickling bowl they're facing bowling green we'll talk about uh what our predictions are for them in that one
0: and i sent out a tweet last night i asked the fans i wanted to get the twitterverse world to give us their thoughts if you were Kirk cousins and you could pick a trio digs Thielen, and rudolph or justin jefferson jordan addison and tj Hawkinson. Who would you take? I'm extremely surprised by some of the Twitter votes thus far. Please go to Twitter. Check me out on 3 Johnson on Twitter if you want to continue the debate. We're going to take this up to kickoff of the Vikings-Lions game. But I'm very surprised at the early numbers. We'll get the panel's thoughts on that as well. Also, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? We'll talk about that. I have some thoughts on that because on our, our partner Peacock, the Day of Patrick Show, they also talked about uh just that movie, not a bunch, just that movie. And there was something that threw me off about that movie now that has kind of changed my mind about Die Hard not being a Christmas movie. I'll explain all that next on the round table. But I want everybody to know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets yes yes 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning five dollar five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started today and i've done it i hit it it's worth it lakers covered over the nuggets that was game one of the nba uh playoffs last year it worked for me. It can work for you. Make sure you guys check that out. Well, let's get started with the show. It's a lot of things going on in this, in this world of sports. So let's start with you, Sam. What you got for us?
1: We got to talk Vikes. Vikings-Lions on Sunday. This is the biggest game of the year. Vikings are 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, They dropped to the 7th seed with the Rams' win last night. Is it a must-win Minnesota, we we toss that uh, phrase around kind of loosely in sports must win. And I'm here to say that, no, it's not a must win. I think you need to win two of your final three and you are in the playoffs. I don't think you need to run the table. Would you prefer to get a win? Yes. But until you have a ninth loss, I don't think you're out of this thing. Uh, so I don't think it's a must win. I think it's a desirable win. I think it is a cushion-building win. I don't think it's a must-win for Minnesota, but it would be awfully nice to get that at home and not have to sweat out Week 18 at Detroit, at Ford Field. But guys, I'm I'm calling it right now. I foresee in my crystal ball the Vikings and Lions playing three out of four weeks. I think they're meeting in the playoffs. I think that the probabilities and the playoff scenarios, it all points toward vikings lions rematch in the wild card round at ford field um i think that's the inevitable result here
0: reggie
2: no sam where you're wrong is (laughs) the nfl script writers are scripting matthew stafford going against his old team in Mm. detroit that's going to be that's going to be what's happening I think that they're gonna they're gonna do Rams Lions just because the the NFL script writers they you know
1: it, you're, you're talking like a man like a man who wants to be sent to Santa Clara California on Care 11s budget rather than Detroit is that what you're saying?
2: <laughs> yeah, um, that would be great. So here's the thing. Here's the thing with the the Vikings. They have to win one of these games against the Lions. So they Mm -hmm. might as well try to get it out of the way this weekend. And so, but the Lions, I I said on Care 11 last night, the Lions are coming off probably their best win of the season. They just all out just beat down the Broncos. And a team with some steam like that, like, you you just have to – it's just it's it's just gonna be tough. The last time that these two played each other it was in Detroit, and Justin Jefferson went off 223 receiving yards. That was a franchise record, and he's healthy, wasn't even on the injury report yesterday. Um, so he's gonna be ready to go. And they're gonna need his best because this Lions team is dangerous. But what I think is is interesting is is I think that they could keep up with them just because, like, I'm still just not a believer, sorry, Ron, of the Lions defense. <laughs> I'm just not. Like, they do enough, and they've done enough, but we know, like, what the Broncos' offense is. We saw it a few weeks ago. And so this Vikings offense, they push it, and they have uh, a little bit more going on, even with the backup quarterback and Nick Mullins. And so – I I just think that that they are well-equipped to keep up with the Lions. Will they is the question. Julia?
3: Mm, um, is it a must-win for Minnesota? No. I mean, this postseason picture is so blurry right now. But, yes. So, I would say yes at the same time just to have a little more uh, security at this time of year um the main thing i think this weekend is the vikings just have to not beat themselves right that they beat themselves in most of their losses this season they um they've got the best chance of beating the lions here on sunday right um instead of going into their house and trying to do it then i will say it's a weird part of the year too because you get into where you're you're seeing teams for the second time so the outcome, it's very unlikely for one of these teams to sweep these a series like this, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you lose this weekend, odds are you go to Detroit and and you beat the Lions because it's so hard to beat a team twice, even in like T-ball when you're a kid, right? So, um, yeah, I would just say, is it a must win? I, I would hope that they're going in with that mindset, um, but... Technically, no, it's not a must win this weekend. But I think that this will be the, the easiest option for them is to, is to, to get a dub this weekend and, and to fix their mistakes. But Nick Mullins talked this week and said he was uh, a lot more confident headed into this one. And it'll be nice to see JJ, hopefully, you know, back for another full game and see how uh, these receivers pan out with him back out there for another full game. But, yeah, mostly just uh, they got to not beat themselves. <laughs>
0: Is it a must-win game from a statistic standpoint? No, because other teams are going to lose. Other teams still have to play each other, uh, so on and so forth. Is it a must-win game for your mental? Yes, it is. Like, if you look at the way the Packers handled the Lions, if you look at the way the Bears handled the Lions, the Bears, the Bears, in two games, (laughs) five interceptions on Jerry Goff, five. And one of the plays we're going to break down on the pregame show on Sunday, um, the Bears does they do what Brian Flores does. Like they do a lot of guys at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they do a lot of guys standing up. And Jared Goff like just threw balls sometimes that he shouldn't have thrown. He thought like the, the one I'm going to break down, he, he he thought the guy was in. I don't know what he thought the guy was in there in cover three clearly. So there's no reason to throw a corner route in the cover three but he throws the corner out because he assumed that because number six, which is the other safety and number nine, the other, or sorry, the safety in the corner six and nine came, he assumed that nothing was there. So the Vikings, yes, it's a must win. Because when you see Jared Goff do stuff like that, this is prime Brian Flores time. He hasn't played the lions all year. The lions have seen a defense like this in the bears, but when they saw it five interceptions, the guy only has 10 interceptions on the season. Five of them are to the bears. 50% of his worst throws are to the Bears. So if you're telling me the Bears defense is better than the Vikings defense, you are telling me that I need to just quit my job right now and just walk off the – like get off the show because they're not better than the Vikings. And so what does that mean? It's a must win because when you look at the way, again, the way the Packers and the and the Bears did it, just for like to say we're better and we're good and we can go into the playoffs, you got to do this. And it's Christmas. My kids are going to this game. Don't ruin Christmas for my kids. Please don't. We don't want to leave the stadium sad. I don't want to have to do the fan line and explain Why my kids are crying on Christmas Eve, please, please. This is a must win game. Not just for the fans, not just for Whoville, for all of Minnesota. Yes, it is. Um, fun. <laughs> you like the Whoville? Oh, <laughs> uh, by, by the way, I can't talk about this Whoville topic. This is more like this would be like locked on sports Friday roundtable after dark. But We yeah. have to talk about the Hugh, Whoville thing I saw. I think on Instagram Reel or TikTok. I know Julia probably seen it, uh, but there's some Whoville uh, question marks about the Grinch's or, uh, or uh, origin story of where he came from, who's his actual parents, uh, so on and so forth. But
1: fan fiction for the Grinch? Yes. I'm, for ner- the Grinch. I'm nervous like, about this it's, topic.
0: <laughs> this will be that be locked <laughs> on after dark. Uh, but, but we got to move on to the next one because sticking with the Vikings thing. I tweeted out, I'm paying off the tease. I tweeted out um, a topic and I just said, if you were Kirk Cousins or Kirk Cousins is himself and you want to give him the best chance to win games and in their prime, in their prime. Now we know that Diggs, Thielen, and Rudolph all kind of intertwine, not exactly in their primes, but we got a a good enough sample size to understand what they could be. Um, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawkinson. We haven't seen Jordan Addison and what he's going to be in his prime. So We're kind of speculating, but when I tweeted this out, I did not think it would go the way it was going. Um, So far, like, and it's jumped in the last, like, whatever. It's been like 200 votes in the last, like, since we started the show. 90% of the fans right now, Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson, 90%. That is a huge number. Now, the comments are what's getting me. A lot of people are commenting, talking about Justin or uh, Stefan Diggs's attitude and it matters and blah, blah, just skill alone. So I'm going to start with you, Sam, who would you take?
1: Yeah, so I I cast a vote. I was one of the thousand people to vote, and I did cast my vote for Jefferson, Addison and Hawkinson. Uh, but I, I think that it's closer than 90-10 like the percentages currently indicate. Mm-hmm. I think that Jefferson is preferable over Diggs, but it's not like a crazy margin. I mean, Jefferson's preferable to pretty much everybody, but Diggs was and is really, really good. Now, w- one one question would be, are we looking at prime Diggs in Buffalo or prime Diggs in Minnesota? Because Diggs is even mm. better in Buffalo than he was Correct. in Minnesota. Um, I, think was it that though? I
0: Was he better in Buffalo, or does he just get the ball a lot? Like that's the other he get, question.
1: He he gets the ball a lot, but he struggled to get a thousand yards in Minnesota. I mean, he had injury issues. True, true. He had yeah, he was shut down sometimes when he got double teamed. But uh I for anyone thinking that Addison now is better than Thielen in his prime, not even close. I mean, Adam Thielen in 2017 18 was one of the best in the NFL. And I think there there were definitely periods of time where he was in that conversation. Um, just for he's you know, on the
0: racial all-star team, like black versus white dealing <laughs> is one of the receivers. Everybody wants to put on their team, <laughs> yeah.
1: not touching that one, but you know what the kicker is TJ Hawkinson. I think TJ Hawkinson, I think he tips the scales in favor of this current, um, trio. He's got 900 plus yards this year. He's going yeah. over a thousand and he almost had a thousand last year. Kyle Rudolph maxed out. At 840, Kyle Rudolph just wasn't as explosive, wasn't as versatile in what he could do. I think Hawkinson's a better blocker, better route runner. So I think that the tight end tips it. But if you're just looking at the wide receivers, I think it's fairly close.
0: Hmm. Reggie. Yeah,
2: um, I I go Jefferson, Addison, and TJ. And here's the reason why. After watching Justin Jefferson in that game against Buffalo last year, mm. watching him in that game against Detroit last year, and watching him for the, the 2021 season, my first year on the Vikings beat, I am convinced he is one of the best wide receivers that I've ever seen. Mm. True. At this point, already, like, was it fourth season for him? Like, still I, I think he's one of the best that i've ever seen and i've seen some some dudes like you know um when i was in cincinnati i was there with aj green and and when aj green was still good before the injury happened like very he underrated, was a dude very underrated yeah he was a dude and so you know i i i've seen some i've seen some guys but like Man, as good as Diggs is, you know, he's twitchy and his route running is is great. But, like, Justin Jefferson is so smooth, man. He's like a Rolls Royce out there. And he's always open. No matter if he's covered, he's always open. We found that out in Buffalo. And so I think just by Justin Jefferson being in that category alone. But I will say, to your point, Sam, mm-hmm. at his peak, Adam Thielen was a dog. Like I was watching some of his old highlights, you know, from before I got to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And the dude can ball, man. Like the route running, the the speed. Like I, I think I think he's got Addison beat in that regard. Now I think Addison is going to grow to be a really, really good receiver. But I yeah I think I think Thielen watches him on that one. But yeah, to your point, like it, the tight end definitely does tip the scales. But it's so interesting because I feel like TJ could be even better if he had a little bit more stickiness on his hands. Yeah. Because you you talk about he's almost at a thousand. Like he'd be over a thousand right now if he catches some of the balls that he's dropped. And that was the thing. When when we did uh superior sports talk RIP. Um, and Luke and I, uh, talked about TJ Hawkinson before he even got traded here. They were, you know, the, the talk was like, oh man, he's really good. But like, you know, sometimes he doesn't catch well. And I think that was the reason why the lions were like, oh, we can, you know, he's good, but we'll, we'll let him go. You know, now they got over, over Rudolph and Rudolph was very good.
3: Bear with me. I have a theory that I've had running for a few years now that has yet to be proven wrong. I'm going to go with Jefferson Addison Hawkinson for a different reason than everyone else. So obviously we've all been covering sports for a while, but having come from a market where I was watching a lot of kids that were like 14 all the way till they were 18 to me and just watching them grow up in the world that we have now of athletics the athlete is so evolutionary that they're constantly getting better, right? Mm-hmm. So when we compare, in every sense, when we compare who's the best now to who was the best then, I'm always going to go with who's the best right now because the game is different. It's faster. It's more intense. These athletes, it's it's so incredibly hard for athletes in high school nowadays to be multi-sport athletes because of how good you have to be at one sport in order to go play at the next level. So to me, I'm always going to go with who's playing right now that's the best, right? So you have to go with Justin Jefferson. The, the focus is better. You have to be fat. You know, even though it's just, it's not even that far off, right? It's just a few years in between when those guys played together and when these guys are playing together, but what I've seen just in the years, you know, cause I'm, I haven't been sports reporting as a full-time job, but for what three and a half years now, but what I've seen even since then, you know, I'd watched 14 year olds that were better than some of the college guys that I went to college with, you know, it was just wild what you saw from them. But that's always been my theory is when we try to compare, you know, it's the same thing when people talk about LeBron and, and, and Jay and these kind of things. And I'm always going to go with who's playing right now. I think also if we're talking about, Ron, you said talking about these guys in their peak and, and you talked about we have to speculate a little bit with Jordan Addison, I think just the little shine that he's shown us in JJ's absence, which has been a topic of conversation in the locker room this week. He has the potential to be better than Adam Thielen was in his prime. You get a little weight on that guy. I mean, he dragged, what, three dudes 10 yards this past week with his size that he's at right now. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I would have to go with Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson. I will agree with you, Reggie, though, that Hawk um, has got to be more consistent in, in catch, especially with his paycheck, right? He's got to catch a lot of the balls that he's dropped this year. Um, So I think that's where you're kind of like, yeah, maybe. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to go with who's playing right, who's playing their best ball right now because it's different. The game is constantly getting better, constantly getting more competitive. And along with that, the athletes are getting better and more competitive. So
0: what they got will say. It also depends on what rules we're playing by because the rules now and some of these schemes now are tight end driven uh a lot of these schemes now are you can't knock my receiver out coming across the middle driven um uh, i will say Diggs and thielen or Diggs and uh Diggs and jefferson in my opinion are a wash like they both are one hand catch guys 1400 yard guys jefferson i think sets the bar a little higher um uh, Because of what we've seen him do and what we think he can potentially get to. Again, like Chris Carter keeps saying, we can't give him the crown just yet because we haven't seen it over a 10-year span. Uh, We haven't seen it over a 12-year span. And so we're seeing glimpses of greatness. But like Reggie said, we saw that from A.J. Green. We've seen that from Chad Ochocinco. We've seen a lot of guys have some flashy couple years, and then we're like, man, what happened to that dude? Not saying that's going to be Justin Jefferson. Uh we don't know what Stefan Diggs is going to look like in but he's already at year 9. And so when you look at Stefan Diggs and Jefferson I'm going to wash that one out. I think Phelan is better than Addison. Uh I don't think Addison's going to gain any weight, Julia. He's already told everybody this is my weight. This is me. I've been this way since I was whatever. He he keeps bringing that up because people keep asking him. Are you going to are you going to gain some weight?
3: 122 <laughs>
0: are you gonna he's eat some smoothies to are you gonna some dudes,
3: to growing till they're 25
0: snoop dog is 50 and he ain't gained a pound since like
3: okay <laughs> George, uh,
0: jordan addison to- is snoop dog he ain't gaining no weight he gonna be that size just like Devonte adams i think Devonte adams or not Devonte adams uh Devonte smith i think those two are two peas in a pod they're both gonna be absolute beasts heisman or uh belitnikoff winners They're going to be that weight. That's going to be who they play, how they play. Uh, But I think they're still strong. They're good, like taking nothing away from guys like that. Um, But I think Thielen was a better possession receiver and fit like the mode of underneath guy to uh, Diggs's deep threat ability. When you look at Addison, uh, I think Addison actually becomes the deep threat where uh, Justin Jefferson, as he gets older, becomes more of the Chris Carter possession guy that's going to just make ridiculous one-hand catches, toe-tap type stuff. Uh, It's going to take him right to the Hall of Fame. I think it's Rudy and TJ Hawkinson for me that changes the narrative. TJ Hawkinson with his, you know, like I think Sam said it, you know, headed towards thousand yards. Rudy capped off at 800. I think that's what a lot of people are leaning towards. Um, I think, yes, he has to be consistent. But TJ Hawkinson, if he didn't have Justin Jefferson or uh, like if he had more like a Debo Samuels type like offense where he was George Kittle, he would easily be at a thousand yards by now. Like, he just doesn't have that offense where it's nonstop, quick game, fast, 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 West Coast offense. Uh, Kevin O'Connell sometimes seems like he's always, like, trying to get a big play in there. Um, I lean towards this new class of kids, um, but I think it's closer than people saying. But, yeah, the 90-10 right now on Twitter, amazed at that. Amazed at that, people. All right, but now we got to talk about the Wolves. Like, the Wolves, again, man, they just, they beat the in-season tournament champions. So, Reggie. What's going on with the – well, your Lakers, of course, lost, but what's going on with the Timberwolves? Well, that was a good bounce back. Sorry, but we have a word from our sponsors.
1: (laughs) Before we get to Wolves-Lakers, let me tell you about FanDuel and the deal that they've got going on there. We've been telling you about it for a bit. There is still time for you to take advantage of this Bet five, get 150 deal at America's number one sports book. Find a juicy $5 money line, bet it, win it, get $150 in bonus bets delivered straight to your account. Just bet five on the money line. If your team wins, you are swimming in FanDuel cash, and then you can sprinkle that around the NFL spreads, player props, over unders. You could bet the NBA, NHL, college basketball, hundreds maybe even thousands of ways to wager at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Now is the best time to get in on the action before this deal expires. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Download that FanDuel sportsbook app. Bet the NFL because FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League.
0: All right, Reggie. What's going on with your Lakers? I know they lost to the Timberwolves. Are you sure this time? No. What's going on with the Timberwolves? <laughs> <laughs> no more reads.
2: No more reads. So, as I was saying, I, I think it was a nice bounce back uh, win from the Wolves. It was. It was interesting, just kind of seeing them earlier uh, this week. Was really the night before. Man, Embiid just went on a heater, man. And he and Maxie are quite the the one-two punch. They got rid of James Harden, and you're like, oh, they can't possibly be better. But, like, those two are different. And so they they come off that, and then they don't get LeBron yesterday. He had a, an ankle. Really, it was probably just rest on the second night of a back-to-back. And they did what they were supposed to do. Honestly, what was interesting about it and, you know – say what you want about the Lakers but like without LeBron being out there like I just thought that the the Wolves would kind of take care of business a little bit more than they did like they really just let the Lakers just hang hang around um, a lot more than I thought that they would without having LeBron out there and a big reason for that was Anthony Davis in 38 minutes he scored 31 points like he did what he was supposed to do, but didn't really get like the the type of help that that you know, he should have gotten, you know, you got Cam Reddish had only 8 points in 36 minutes. Uh Vando had 14 minutes off the bench, no points, four boards, and so like, you know, I think what happened was the the Wolves had just enough production from the bench to outshine austin reeves 18 points off the bench for the lakers and very well-rounded performance from the the starters you have 14 from Jaden, 15 from rudy 21 from cat 16 from Conley, 27 from ant just a very very efficient night from the starters and i think that was the that was the difference in the game they made clutch shots you know cat made some big buckets down the stretch and did what he does. Mike Conley made some big buckets down the stretch, and they got a heck of an effort from Jaden McDaniels. But how about Cat? Plus 12 when Cat was on the floor. That'll work. Mm-hmm. That'll work. And so I think mm-hmm. the, the Wolves are a, a really good team. I think they've shown it. They've proven it. And really good teams beat teams that they're supposed to, and that's what happened last night.
0: Julia.
3: Yeah. Um Battle of the Anthonys, I guess. What I have (laughs) written right here in my notes is, uh, did the Lakers expect Anthony Davis to carry the whole team? Um, It's hard to do something like that, especially against this Timberwolves team this year, right? Um, One thing that I think that gets, I I think Ant's defense is is very underrated as well. You know, he puts up 27, so he's leading the team. Um, But after it was like that, first media timeout and cat had that three and then Rudy and Ant are are back there and they forced that shot clock violation. I, I just think people don't give him enough credit for the kind of defense that he plays too. Um, just because he's so showy offensively. Right. But, um, going off what you said, Reggie, the bench, I mean, we've talked about this for how many weeks now, the depth on this team is insane. Um, Na is able to come in and, and offensively help out. Na able to defensively. Um, Austin Reeves, after that after the first half, he came out in the second half, and he, and he shot off a few, but then they just kind of shut him down. But um, it's insane to me that the Timberwolves are still the only team in the league that hasn't lost back-to-back games this season, which is just wild when you're talking about it this late in December. Um, but I also think – going back to Ant a little bit is, is we talked about this at the beginning of the season is Ant in back-to-backs. Usually, you know, sometimes he's not very consistent when he, when he's playing back-to-backs, but last night we really got to see that from him. Um, so that was uh, a positive note. There's a lot of positive notes still, like you said, you know, no LeBron. So it's kind of a different game, um, but uh, still keeping their streak alive of no back-to-back losses, which mm. is, Hard to do, especially at that level. So impressive win, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I saw something that the Timberwolves have the best uh point differential coming off of a loss. Like they were plus mm-hmm. like 15 or whatever, 15 and a half points. Uh, yeah. and they added to that. Here's where I'll go quick with it. I just think the timberwolves right now are hit, they've hit a spot now again, 21 and six, just like the Celtics. So, you know, they're both have the you know best deal in the world. Uh, Celtics have a 14-0. and 0 home record so the Celtics are better at home than the Timberwolves uh so I I I guess I'm gonna say these are the best two teams in the NBA when you look at if this were the finals Timberwolves versus Celtics Jason Tatum can Anthony Edwards slow Jason Tatum down uh that's that's always gonna be the question like you watch Jason Tatum versus the Warriors he went off like he was just I mean when he gets it in the post and he knows he has a, a, a small matchup like Steph Curry he's just gonna go to work um, he has a a nice step back long shot. And then when you watch the Timberwolves play, it's more of a team game, you know. And I and I think that's the big difference. You know, like I feel like the Timberwolves uh have become more of a team, you know, oriented team. Like the Bucks, for instance. You know, when they got rid of Drew Holiday, everybody talked about that and they added Damian Lillard. Well, they're 21 and 7. So clearly Damian Lillard is having fun with this. Uh, he is no longer a trailblazer. Um, so it can work, but this you know, big three, I guess you want to call it. Two of them were organically drafted, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I just think they're hitting their stride. Like they are playing well together. You see them fitting in together. Um, I, I think it was in the first quarter. There was two defensive opportunities for Anthony Edwards to have alley-oops. One, Niles Reed pass the ball if you're the if you're bringing it up on a fast break pass it because you cannot throw alley-oops like your alley-oop is is suspect you can see Anthony Edwards even look at him and laugh like dude what was that (laughs) yeah he waited so long (laughs) to throw it it was like bro toss it up there dude and then it just happened right before that so it's like you just watched was it slow-mo who threw the first one
1: that was Nikhil oh it was Nikhil Nikhil. yeah yeah
0: um threw it like he threw it perfect timing he kind of waited let the defender get to a you know no man's land you either got to defend my layup or you just got to let let this dude dunk on your head like now i got oh uh, Nas got like under the basket on the other side then tries to throw like dude give the ball up pass it anthony edwards early let him just go fast as he can maybe he can get it back to you like, that should have been one of those drills when we're in high school. Where you just coach says, No ball, don't touch the ground, just pass it and shuffle down the court. Like, that's that's what I expect out of Nasri next time. But this team just plays well together. Like, the fact that they're turning uh defense into points, that's the other key. Like, you watch Rudy Gobert, uh, you watch Anthony, like even Anthony Davis, and, and I and I love Julia saying that, um, uh, you know, Anthony Davis, when you watch him just be a bully, like he's like these refs let a lot of stuff go too, by the way. But when he just throws his shoulder into Rudy Gobert and Rudy Gobert kind of takes it like, uh and then he's like, wait, let me lose, use my long ass arms and swipe the ball away at least because I can't defend it any other way. And Anthony Edwards or Anthony Davis was frustrated. He's like, man, come. On. Like, and he knows it's not a foul. You can see him saying, like, he wanted a foul, but then he like, that wasn't a foul. Dude just got the ball from me. But he's running on the court, shaking his head. Like, that's when you're playing well as a team, when you can slow down Anthony Davis. Now, again, I don't know if Braun, uh, like, how much he would have contributed to that and where does he fit in? Like, who guards LeBron? Um, maybe it's Nas Reed, I guess. But that team, play well they are the now the in-season tournament champions in my opinion i i think they beat the pacers <laughs> they have now beat the uh, lakers the timberwolves are the in-season tournament champions you can't change my mind but sam what do you think
1: i would just i would like to take 60 seconds to compare d'angelo russell and mike conley for the mm. umpteenth time the two guys that are associated forever in the trade last year wolves get conley lakers get russell Connolly just injects himself into every play. He makes the right decisions and he's efficient. So he goes for 16 and eight last night. D'Angelo Russell goes for 17 and eight. So you might look at the box score and say, "Hmm, well, who really had the greater impact? Well, D'Angelo Russell shoots seven of 19 and he got all of his points when the game was out of hand. Mike Connolly willed the wolves to victory in the fourth quarter, six of nine shooting with 16 points one of these guys was clearly more efficient D'Angelo Russell is a turnstile on the other end sorry Reggie but it's true he admitted it after the game he said yeah I just I don't I don't really not a defense guy I gotta hit shots to have an impact um so thank you Connolly, for bringing in Connelly, because that is my favorite Christmas present that mm. the wolves have
0: hmm Christmas presents. There you go. I, I, I was waiting for you to tie it in, Michael Blue <laughs> <laughs> Sam, it is, it is dreaming. It uh, <laughs> is
1: piano of a white or foggy. <laughs> if you're in Minneapolis, Christmas with rain, rainy foggy. I,
2: I don't know why you were apologizing to me. Look, D-Lo makes me pull my hair out as a Laker. That was that was something. I went from covering him. When he was a wolf, to now he's on my my favorite basketball team, and it's it's an experience.
1: He was a non-factor, like (laughs) all night. It was I couldn't believe how invisible he was for most of that game.
3: Yeah, and he hit like two threes at
1: down down, like toward
0: the end. I'm about to say it comes down to during the game efficiency. Like he during the game he's not efficient. Like he he just he shoots the ball at the wrong time. He doesn't understand. Like I mean, everybody who played basketball knows you give it to the hot hand. Even even every sport, I mean, football, if Justin Jefferson makes four one-handed catches, you just throw it to him for no reason and just see what happens. D'Angelo Russell does not play within the flow of the game like that. Mike Conley does. D'Angelo Russell doesn't. So I, I do like the different trade-off. The one thing I will say, though, is D'Lo every once in a while is going to give you 35, whereas Conley probably won't. Uh, but how how does that 35 come? Lord only knows. You got to go through, uh, like my grandma used to say, you got to kiss a couple frogs to find your prince. Uh, that's what some of those DLO games are. It's some frog games out there. Then eventually it's like, Oh, my prince to the King James. <laughs> ah, see, tied that in there. <laughs> But now we gotta do really quick, we gotta do the boat gophers uh bowl game prediction for Tuesday. Uh it's gonna be a Cole Kramer show. Uh, the kid that wants to move to Arizona and live with his family and walk out of the sunset. He said, I'm a Eden Prairie kid, grew up in Minnesota, grew up watching Minnesota Bowl games. He's like, This is a storybook ending for me. Uh, but let's make a prediction on this game, Julia. What you think? What you got for us?
3: The quick lane bowl, December 26th. Bowling Green. Um, do we know if he he actually got that thirty thousand?
0: He didn't. He got <sighs> something. He got something, but not thirty.
3: Well, I mean, this is a game where it's like, oh, the Gophers should win, right? But I mean, Bowling Green's coming off a you know decent into their season. They won four of their last five, so they're a good team. Um, we'll see what Cole Kramer. I mean, third string quarterback. I, the thing that I would be worried about as a Gopher fan is, you know, towards the end of the season, obviously PJ was under a lot of fire. Right. And, and you, everyone's like, what's going on? You know, they lose all these games. They were in the conversation for, you know, being in the big 10 championship. And then they just kind of blow it there at the end. Um, but now he's had this great signing day and he's gotten all these great recruits that it's like, you know, I hope he, he reverts back to how the end of the season went and wants to cap it off with a win, right? Um, I also think for the, for the Gophers, this is this is a, a must-win game because you have all these great recruits, but it's different nowadays with the transfer portal and that you're not done advertising to them. Um, they need to see you win this bowl game. You know, you have a guy like Coy Parrish coming in. He's a top recruit in the nation. He's stuck with you. You've got a few other top recruits in the nation that stuck with you. Um, for this, I would say Gophers should win. Gophers um, need to win this one, despite it not like meaning a whole lot of anything. Um, and I'm hoping that Cole Kramer you know, wants, wants to walk off in the sunset with a dub. Um, we'll see how it goes, though, because it is the Gophers. So I'm not going to say I'm like confident in a win for them, but I'm saying that it should win for them.
1: Let's go, Sam. What you got? <laughs> if a bowl game happens and nobody watches it, like did did it, did actually it really happen? did it actually happen? A Tuesday afternoon quick lane bowl in Detroit, a five and seven team against uh, a Mac. Is it Mac? Are they part of the Maction conference? Um <laughs> Mac-tion, baby, Macshin, Yeah, I've got a twenty to seven final score. Gophers will win. They'll rush for a million yards. Kramer will throw it eleven times and we will all move on with our lives after it's over.
2: Reggie. Can it just be like a spontaneous combustion at the at the site of the game and then the game just doesn't happen? Like that's that's really what I'm thinking about. I think the the excitement is more towards the future, especially if you saw uh PJ Flex press conference this week um on signing day, he was he was in quite a form. I wouldn't say rare form because I feel like it's PJ, so it was he was in PJ P, PJ form, I guess I would say. Um we got all kinds of quips and 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 one-liners from him this week. So I I think uh I I don't really even know or or really even care about the ball game. Um I think we're we're looking towards the future. He's excited about, you know, he got Coy Parish and you know, 26 new players to get infused and in, into this boat to to row toward the future. That's what we're looking towards the game and whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go quick with this one. I just think this is gonna be a storybook, Cole Kramer. So what we people forget about Cole Kramer is he was the wildcat quarterback for uh behind Tanner Morgan. He would come in just to run the ball, just to run the RPO. Uh and so I think we're gonna get. Uh, like a true RPO type of quarterback. Like he's going to, I think they're going to give him some short throws. Uh, they're going to try to showcase their tight end and Brevin span forward and, and help out his draft status. Uh, we're going to see the running backs get a chance to really show out. I don't know if Darius Taylor is going to play or not, but he's had enough time now that ankle should be good enough to go. But at the same time, you don't want to risk your, your future, uh on a bowl game that doesn't really matter and so when you think about this this matters from a recruiting standpoint from a standpoint of getting more time with the players because if they had not made a bowl game they would have to uh, uh cease communications with their players as far as they can only lift and then everything else has to be captain's practices now pj gets actual practices with these freshmen with these players that stuck around and didn't hit the transfer portal um so I, I think that you're going to see like a run heavy game, with a little bit of play action, uh, nothing too much down the field. But Cole Kramer running the ball, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a rushing touchdown. Like that's going to be my prediction. He's going to have a touchdown on the ground. Cole Kramer, whether it's some type of play action rollout or he's just going to keep it on an RPO and run it in himself. Cole Kramer will have a touchdown uh, in the um in the uh, bowl game versus Bowling Green. I don't know winner losers, but I know Cole Kramer's going to have a rushing touchdown because why who else wouldn't want to go out that way? That's the best way to go. Then he gets on a plane, goes to Arizona and lives for the history of his life with Happily his wife. Happily ever after. Happily ever after and then he'll get to tell his kids one day like I I won the quick lane bowl my senior year in Detroit. I was I was I was on the plane to Arizona and they called me on the plane phone and said, Cole, jump back on the plane and come back to Minnesota. Ethan Kelly Manis has hit the transfer portal. We need you. And they sent the bat signal out. And then here he comes back on a on a white plane, not a white horse, but a white plane, rides back into Minnesota. He comes, and they're going to fly to Detroit. He's going to win a bowl game on the 26th. Yep, they're going to win. Cole Kramer's going to win it. Okay,
3: okay Uncle Rico.
1: <laughs> when, when he tells his his grandkids, it'll be the Rose Bowl that he came back to win. So we're closing. We got to get this one
0: quick one in real quick, (laughs) people. We got to close the show out. Uh, (laughs) Make a case for the best Christmas movie. Uh, Sam, I'll start with you.
1: Um, yeah, I, I will be quick because there really isn't much debate. I don't have to make a case for It's a Wonderful Life, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Mm. Um, it was filmmaking before its time. Great script writing, great acting, wonderful story, emotional ending. I cry every time. I'll be watching it on uh, on Sunday night after the Vikings game, which will probably also make me shed tears. I'll carry that over into Donna Reed <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Stewart's beautiful, beautiful story. It's a Wonderful Life. Julia
3: the Grinch my which
1: one which one
3: the one with Jim Carrey no I love the real life one my sis- no. it's a tradition. my sister and I have the entire script memorized it's a movie for everybody it has adult humor it's for kids too it's wonderful I love uh Seuss World at Universal Orlando at Christmas time because it's just Whoville at Christmas I love everything about it I think it's hilarious um it's my
2: favorite Christmas movie. Mm, Reggie. Uh I go home alone too. Mm. No. Home alone too. That's that's uh it, anytime like growing up, like Christmas season, home alone one, two, three, even sometimes. Like those are those are my those are my go tos. But you know what? Sneaky backdoor pick here. And Ryan, you'll you'll appreciate this. Friday after next.
0: <laughs> that is a sneaky one. That's a sneaky one. I can't even say yeah. Cat Williams' line, but he does do a Christmas line in there. <laughs> it's the best, man. It's the best. I can't even say it on on, on TV. Can't say. Uh, it. it's the Cat best. Williams has a great Christmas line when he pulls up in his car. <laughs> <laughs> Everything must go. Maybe even you. <laughs> that's another that's another one for uh uh, uh locked on after dark <laughs> after dark uh, i'm i'm i you know what for me i'm kind of torn between home alone one because it's just nostalgic and like that's all the, best, the like, man. all the, the 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 lines from it all the things from it but elf with will Ferrell for me too like that one is a, a classic funny one uh just you know the fact that he actually like seeing the behind the scenes of him having to go into these buildings uh where some people know he's coming and some people don't uh so they kind of surprised some people as he was like walking through new york uh with his outfit so i'm starting to see like they're starting to show some of that stuff like the behind the scenes of him just walking into random offices and like trying to get people's reactions of will ferrell as an elf like even that like him to just pull out his saturday night live like skit kind of like like let's see what happens just go in there See what people do, see how they react. We have no lines for you. So, like a lot of his lines, which clearly now that you listen to them, they nobody can write that. Because some of the stuff he does <laughs> and says, It's like, wait a minute, what? Where'd you get that from? Like, even like I mean, but even Ricky Bobby, I know it's not a Christmas movie, but even like his Ricky Bobby stuff to me, like that that still is some of the best stuff ever. So, uh, by the way, paying off the tease, die hard on Dan Patrick's show on Peacock. This is why people are now saying it's not a Christmas movie. So I know a lot of people saying it is because it does take place. There's some Christmas themes to it. It was a Christmas party when his wife got kidnapped. It was released in July. Like when it originally released, it hit the movie theaters in July. So can we call a Christmas movie a Christmas movie if Hollywood releases it in July? Ten seconds is a July movie, a Christmas movie, Sam.
1: No. But I also haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Oh, my goodness. Did you ever see Die Hard? Oh,
2: Reggie. <laughs> no, man. I'm sorry. I can't
0: do it. Mm-mm. Julia? I've only
3: seen it once, but I, they did all kinds of – I feel like weird.
0: It comes on TV like every day. Sam, I'm gonna when it's on TV, Sam, I'm going to text you to just turn on TNT, and you just need to watch
1: it. Like, Well, with, you com- with commercials like in Neanderthal? <laughs>
3: so i don't know for me like i'm on
1: netflix (laughs) it's on netflix i'm pretty sure
3: i'm a weird person that gets in like moods at different times of the year so like die hard is a movie i would watch in july because i'm like tired of the summertime and i just want a little christmas feel without watching like an actual christmas movie so it's not one that i keep in my list of christmas movies reggie knows i have my list of christmas movies that i have to watch at christmas time it's not part of my list
0: it's kind of a christmas movie but Dan the best
1: Patrick, July Christmas movie of all time. He threw they a wrench in the game when, he, when when
0: when when uh, the back row looked it up and it actually released July of 1988. I was 8 years old cuz my birthday was in May, so I just turned 8 and I saw it. I cannot believe it was 19. I will say there's not a lot of cur- there's no cursing in it really, but there is a lot of like death and shooting and stuff like that cuz uh that's what that's what happens in Die Hard. I mean, it's in the title. You're going to die hard. And so there's some hard deaths. <laughs> there's some hard deaths in that movie, um, but Christmas did not die. And it's the Jesus is the season is the reason for the season. People have a great Christmas, have a great Vikings game, hopefully, and hopefully they don't ruin your Christmas Eve. I'm Ron Johnson, Reggie Wilson, Julia Dan, Sam Maxtrum. Make sure you guys know you can get. 24 seven locked on sports, Minnesota on the YouTube channel. Just make sure you subscribe to it. You can get Vikings wild wolves. You can get timber or uh, Viking Wild Wolves and gophers. Of course you can get links, whatever you want. We're going to talk about all the sports in Minnesota. And right now, Timberwolves are taking the show. Have a great weekend, people. Merry Christmas.
3: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music.